Has there ever been a time in your life, perhaps even recently, where you hurt someone that you loved? Maybe you said something, maybe you did something directly, indirectly, but whenever you did this, you suddenly realized that someone you loved, someone that you cared deeply about, was hurt by you. For me, this happened recently, someone I care deeply about. It was a moment of weakness, a situation of high stress, and the words just came out, and once they were out, you can't take them back, and I could just see on their face that I had hurt them. And I want you to think in your life, if that's happened to you, perhaps recently, think about that feeling afterwards. You know how that feels after you do something that you regret and because of your sin, because of your selfishness or because of your weakness, someone else was hurt. That feels like death. There's no worse feeling. You see, sin always destroys Sin is always death, but it becomes more apparent whenever someone that we love is hurt by it, because we are created for relationships, and sin destroys relationships, which is why we feel death upon us in those situations. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's losing your temper. Maybe it's a sin of indulgence. The list goes on and on, sins of jealousy and envy. But whenever we recognize that in our, in our lives and within our hearts, we start to realize that we are not fully alive when we are enslaved by sin. Sin destroys us. It doesn't make us happy. And even though there are certain sins out there that bring a momentary experience of pleasure, It still destroys, and it hurts. And sooner or later, we experience that reality, that inevitable feeling of death. We hate it, and we long for something more. We long for happiness. We long for meaning. We long for love, for a relationship, good relationships. Today, we are celebrating the Feast of Pentecost, which is a wonderful feast day. This is when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles and all the disciples waiting in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit descends as tongues of fire. What we see is a number of things in this feast day, but one thing that really stands out for me today is how the Holy Spirit brings life, not death. In fact, we see this at the very beginning of the Bible, the second verse of the entire book of the Bible. We see God is creating the the universe, and it says, the Spirit hovered over the waters. This Hebrew word, remember the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, this Hebrew word is ruah, used for spirit, but it also can be translated as wind our breath. We see at the creation of the world, 
It's as if God was breathing life into the universe. And suddenly we exist because of God's breath, God's ruah. And we see the same word is used throughout Scripture in a number of situations. It's used periodically through the Old Testament and again through the New Testament. In today's gospel, it's used again. Jesus, after he dies and rises, he appears to his disciples who are struck with all kinds of a mix of emotions. And Jesus says, peace be with you. And it says that he breathed upon them the Holy Spirit. But that verb, breathed, the breath, it's the Greek word, the New Testament was written in Greek, the Greek word pneuma. And if we translate it pneuma into Hebrew, guess what word it would be? Ruah. Same word. Breath. Wind. Spirit. Jesus breathed new life into the apostles when he appeared to him after the resurrection. He tells them, who sins you forgive are forgiven, who sins you retain are retained. We use that verse to explain the sacrament of confession, but that's a tangent, so we won't talk about that today. The same verb is used in Acts of the Apostles, which is our first reading today. Pentecost. We have the Holy Spirit descending upon the apostles like tongues of fire. But before that happens, it says there was like a mighty wind that rushed into the room. And that mighty wind was the Greek word pneuma, Hebrew word ruah, English wind or spirit or breath. God is telling us something here. All throughout Scripture, using the same word, this breathing of existence, because that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that brings you and me to new life when we feel dead because of sin. And we know that experience. When we sin, we feel the weight of death upon us. But it's the Holy Spirit that breathes new life. It's the Holy Spirit that brings us into God's mercy through the sacrament of confession. It's the Holy Spirit that enlivens us whenever we receive the sacraments of the church. The Spirit doesn't replace the sacraments. It animates the sacraments. It's the Holy Spirit that brings life to our soul, that gives us this new life, this joyous life of being a Christian. And so I just want us to reflect a little bit this morning. Is that your experience? Do you feel fully alive? Or do you feel like something's missing? Are you searching for more? Do you feel like you're lacking something? Maybe a little restless, a little unsettled. The life of Christianity should be fully alive. You shouldn't feel burdened and heavy. You should feel new, created anew. You should feel free. You should feel the fruits of the Spirit, joy, 
and peace and love and gentleness and generosity, self-control. You should feel the Holy Spirit's existence, the Holy Spirit's love, the Holy Spirit's power within you. And sure, let's be clear, I'm not saying that it should always be high emotions of excitement. Because even in moments of difficulty and suffering, we should still, with faith, experience the life of the Holy Spirit that empowers us through difficulty. But unfortunately, so many of us, you and me, we receive the sacraments, but we still feel dead in our faith. We still feel trapped in our sin. We still experience a barrier in our relationship with God. We don't feel fully alive. There's something holding us back. Maybe we've been hurt. Maybe we're trapped in darkness. Maybe the weight of the world is too much for us. Maybe anxiety or depression or just simply worrying about our family is just too much. Do you feel fully alive? The Holy Spirit sets free. The Holy Spirit heals these wounds. The Holy Spirit brings new life, new breath into our reality. And we experience all things new. And so if you today feel like there's something lacking, if you feel like there's some block between being fully alive, between you and that experience of being fully alive, if you feel like there's something holding you back, something that's burdened upon your shoulders. I want to invite you today to let the Holy Spirit in. Because there's no greater moment of grace than that moment where you finally realize that you just simply can't do it. You just can't do it anymore. This moment where you just let go and you say, I just can't. But that moment's a crucial moment because that is the crucial moment between despair and a life of the Holy Spirit. And your decision to let God in makes all the difference. Because whenever we suddenly realize our littleness, our nothingness, our complete inadequacy to navigate this world, we will either completely despair or be in the perfect opportunity of poverty to let the Holy Spirit flood our soul. And if you have the courage to make that choice, to let the Holy Spirit come in to face your darkness, to face your littleness, to face your poverty, and to let God in, everything changes. God breathes life into you. And suddenly you're a new creation. And there's nothing that can touch you. Your fears are nothing. Your anxieties, you're worried, poof. Although you still suffer, it's as if the suffering is sweet because you're inflamed with the fire of love. And you've seen these people. You've seen these people, they're different. There's something about them. They're they're stable, they're rooted. They have a deep faith, a deep hope because they are alive, fully alive. You see, there's a difference between giving up and letting go. Giving up is despair. Letting go is letting the Holy Spirit in. And God makes all things new. 
by his breath, by his ruah, by his pneuma, his Holy Spirit. I want to teach you a prayer. Perhaps you've prayed it before. It's so simple, but it's so profound. And those that are willing to make this prayer a way of life throughout their entire day experience a whole new reality. Come, Holy Spirit. Three words. Come, Holy Spirit. You can repeat this over and over again. Come, Holy Spirit. Set me free from the burden that's upon my life. Come, Holy Spirit. Give me the courage to forgive the person that hurt me the most. Come, Holy Spirit. Allow me to let go clinging to control of these things that are causing more stress for me and for my family. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into my heart. Come, Holy Spirit. Set me free of the barriers that are between me and an intimate life with you. Come, Holy Spirit. Set me free of my sin, this addiction and attachment to terrible sin that's destroying my own life and the lives of those that I love. Come, Holy Spirit, give me the courage to come to confession, even though it's been years. Come, Holy Spirit, help me to trust that God really is who he says he is. And that I really am who God says I am. Come, Holy Spirit. This is a prayer you can pray whenever you're suffering and whenever you are at celebration. Whatever your experience in life and at every Mass, we pray, come, Holy Spirit, because this is the breath of God coming alive within us. And if you are not fully alive, then you're not yet experiencing what God has in store for you. And the only thing keeping you from that is yourself. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm ready. And I know that you are too. Amen. Amen.